when you're sitting on the beach with a beer in your hand on a beanbag at Victor's and you can see it, it, it time just stops. You are so amazed that you can see Africa. And Gibraltar. And Gibraltar. Yeah. And the amount of times that I say, Gibraltar, like, ah, it's Africa. My dad lives <laughs> at the other end. That's where Mauritius is. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Happy Saturday, Ronnie. Happy Saturday, Krista. And welcome to any new listeners who are joining us today. And thanks for tuning in. And welcome back to our subscribers. We're very thankful you've returned for another episode of Nourish Your Drive, Experiences Beyond the Destination. We're officially recording our fourth guest episode in less than a week and fifth official episode overall, which is crazy. Truly amazing. We're excited. Definitely. When I think about what I wanted to share this morning, I kept coming back to how extremely grateful I am at this moment for how much we've been able to accomplish in a very short period of time. Um, This morning, I woke up super early, not intentionally, not by choice, (laughs) but um, since I was awake, uh, I completed this day three um, of items for this gratitude challenge I'm in, which is a, a 28 day challenge I'm doing with a couple girlfriends from the London Women's Literally Literary Collective. It's from this book called The Magic, which uses some of the principles of The Secret. Have you heard of that book, Ronnie? Um, not The Magic, but I've heard about The Secret. Okay. So, you know, The Secret has principles around gratitude, and I understand the principles. I haven't read The Secret myself, but I'm reading The, the Magic as I go along, and I do believe in the power of gratitude. Um, Anyway, the magic gives this challenge to write 10 things you're thankful for every day for 28 days. I was joking this morning that one of the things I was thankful for was Disney Plus, which I know (laughs) is probably not like the actual purpose of the actual episode. But, you know, um, but it's been a really great exercise so far, especially in these moments where we may lose sight of what really matters. Absolutely. I think that. This time gives us an opportunity to be reflective, and many times we don't have the room to do that because we're so busy and we're so on the go. The hustle and bustle takes a lot of time, right? It takes a lot of energy, and we're so consumed with that. But I think that for me, Kristen, I've said this on another episode, I really believe this to be an intentional pause for the world to just slow down and to think about the things that we have right in front of us. And some of our privileges have been taken away right quickly and that's been something to really digest but I think when we have a moment to sit and say wow I don't have this but I have this and to me that's more important than the things that I don't have yeah completely um agree and I think in the spirit of gratitude I'm very excited and thankful to introduce you to two great friends of mine um my brother from another mother um, so Gemma Dyson and Philippe Biltu are joining us, native Brits who now find themselves in Marbella, Spain. Um, I met Gemma and Philippe at Orange Theory, Wandsworth. You guys know I'm a big Orange Theory OTF fan um, and have been keeping in touch since they made this big move. Um, what I'm really looking forward to is hearing more about their decision to, to make the jump to Marbella and also how they didn't actually intend to end up there. But through a turn of events, they did. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about this. 
Welcome, Gemma and Philippe. It is so great to meet you virtually. And um, you know that I'm totally in love with your Brit accent. So keep talking a lot during this episode. I'll just go off in bliss land. Um, but thanks so much for joining us. For our listeners, let's do a bit of a quick intro so that they have a background on who you guys are. Yes. Okay. Sounds great. Brilliant. Hello, everyone. So Gemma, you're a teacher from Huddersfield, which is in the Midlands of England, but your family is currently in Yorkshire, which is north of England, near Scotland. Uh, yeah, nearly correct. Um, so Huddersfield is part of Yorkshire. Um, so yes, um, from the north of England, yeah. Awesome. And Philippe, you were born in London and you call it home as that's where your family currently resides, right? Yeah, so all all four, well, three siblings live in London, and uh, I'm out here in Marbella. But um, yeah, so mum and dad live there as well. Awesome. So you two have been together for how many years now? I'll let Gemma answer that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, four, four years. Um, I I lived in London for seven years. Um, we both met when we were 23, but it was like the right person, but the wrong time. And then we got together properly when we were 26. Yeah. And now we're turning 30 this year. So four lovely years. <laughs> awesome. Philippe, I love how you let Gemma answer that. So you're like, nope, I am not taking that bait. Not at all. Not today. Absolutely not. <laughs> so you two have been in Marbella about a year so far? Yes, correct. Yeah, nearly a year. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about that move. What inspired you both to want to make the jump and do something different? leaving the UK? Um, I'll start this one off. I think, you know, I was born in London and uh, I went to university in Leicester for three years. But I mean, that's the only time that I ever lived away from London. And I kind of felt quite, hmm, how do I put it, just stuck in a rut, really, just living in the same place, mm. the same restaurants and the same high streets and everything. And it, for me, actually, it was only until Gemma and I got together that I opened up my eyes to that there is more out there in the world. Yeah, I think um, growing up in Yorkshire, I have always wanted to experience living abroad, but I thought I can't possibly leave England without living in London. So moved to London, lived there for seven years. And then each year just kind of started to become a bit similar to the last. Um, we were struggling to save money. Uh, the rent was quite high so we started looking at jobs in Singapore um, and then ended up in Marbella <laughs> but we just wanted to be somewhere different new experiences okay so you had originally wanted to end in Singapore but that didn't work out um, why Singapore and then what made you think of Marbella when that location didn't pan out the way that you had expected it to because those are two pretty drastically different locations. Yeah, they're not next door, are they? Um, <laughs> my, uh, my big brother, um, Michael, he's a, a lawyer. He works in um, maritime law. And he had six months in Singapore where he had to work. And the stories that he said about, you know, how beautiful and open and free, it just sounded amazing. And I think when Gemma and I thought of places, Singapore was one that I also vouched for. I was kind of like, this place sounds amazing. Um, and then also the uh, the schools out there looked incredible. Um, and so that's why Gemma and I did have Singapore as our, our number one place to visit. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, Singapore also offer very good teaching salaries, that as well. free accommodation. So we would have been able to right. travel and go to surrounding countries whilst living there, as well as actually manage to save money, which was very mm. appealing. Um, but there just weren't that many jobs at the time. I don't maybe Brexit. I'm not sure why. Um, Dubai was another option, but um, because we're not married, we didn't really feel comfortable living together in Dubai. I think the other, I think difficulty for me as well. I'm a, I'm a secondary school art teacher, and it's quite difficult to find a specific teaching job as an art teacher. Um, whereas Gemma, she's primary ed trained. I think there's a lot more uh, availability for roles like that. So yeah. we had to find both be. Uh, I, don't, I can't find the word. We could both be happy with our jobs. Yeah, and mm -hmm. um, suddenly lots of jobs in, in Spain started coming up. We thought, well, actually, maybe that would be a good baby step to move away. It's not too far. I think our focus um, as well was sun and sea. Yes, we've got the nice weather, the nice, hopefully, what we thought would be a really nice lifestyle, which yeah. it's proven to be. Coronavirus. <laughs> for that, for that it's, um, it's Insert pandemic. Good weather. <laughs> Nice to be by the sea mm. as well. What's the, I guess when you, we asked you where you considered home, you both agreed that home wasn't a place. It's more of a powerful feeling, something that brings contentment or um, one of you guys said it makes you feel happy and safe and calm. Have you found that feeling in Marbella? Having only been here for, yeah, I'm going to retrack. I mean, having spent 27, uh, no, sorry, 29 years in London, um, Home, that feeling of home built because it was my family and my friends and Gemma now as well mm -hmm. and so like I said they were moments and uh, feelings of contentment and happiness and safety and I think having been here for just under a year we've seen you know snippets and we've seen had had moments of these feelings mm -hmm. and they are continuing to grow um, and so we can see that and we can feel it but I wouldn't say it is home yet yeah, I, I think there's been moments that we've been sitting on the beach, especially during autumn time when lots of people were bringing their dogs um, and just having a, a rest on the beach and relaxing. We thought this is a really nice place. And you see people with children. We thought It is a nice mm -hmm. place to bring up a family and have that outdoor lifestyle. I think with the current situation, it has made us miss family a lot. So our minds are kind of sure. quite 50-50, really. So there are aspects of home. Definitely. And, and I think it, that helps me like lead into this other question I had around just the impact of the culture difference. I mean, there's a big cult culture difference between the UK and yeah. Spain. What's the what's the impact been for you both? And also for language, are you guys teaching in Spanish? You know, what's that been like to, think, to do uh, that? In regards to the to the language, we, we both adopted this sense of we really want to learn it. Um, I, uh, I never really learned a second language when I was a kid. My father tried to teach me French. He was the worst teacher in the world and I rejected the language. Uh, so at the age of 29, I was like, yes, Gemma, we're going to learn Spanish. And we, you know, we have tried to learn Spanish and we know the, the odd sentence and everything. I don't teach in Spanish, but I definitely order my beers in Spanish. That's uh, <laughs> the best stuff of my body. So, um, but the culture, I think, is it is so much more relaxed here. Everyone does seem to, instead of going at 80 miles an hour, they, they go at 40 miles an hour and it's a lot easier. There's no rush. Yeah, definitely. I think um, 
with it being a new job we've started at a new school and quite often your first year teaching at a brand new school can be quite stressful um but we've never had to take work home with us mm. we've worked the hours that we've worked and then we have the weekends to ourselves um and we've met lots of really friendly people the spanish have been so welcoming mm-hmm. um we would consider our best friends out here to be the the spanish teachers at the school yeah um i teach english math science to eight and nine year olds they most of them are spanish but they they speak very very fluent english they have separate spanish lessons so um there are lots of english teachers at school so yeah we have a nice balance there is a nice balance and i think i mean to add to the culture i mean where we live, we're um, we're, we're a five-minute walk from the beach, and to have that freedom, to have that openness on our doorstep is incredible. And I think that's what you can get in the. I mean, Marbella is a, a city on the beach, which is incredible. It's just a long strip of restaurants and bars and houses, and complexes yeah. and apartments, and it's just amazing to be to feel so free that you can walk along the beach for hours and stop off at various restaurants or bars to have a drink you look out to the ocean and there's just space and we couldn't get that in London and that's what we really really missed well not missed but wanted Wanted, yeah um and that's what's so incredible and it's I think this quarantine has been quite difficult to be to right now we can see the ocean I can see the ocean quite far right now (laughs) but the fact that we can't go down there yeah so Um, we're not we're not we're not allowed to go out to exercise or anything in Spain so we can't appreciate the beauty oh, wow. of being outdoors. Luckily, we have a balcony. So when we go to the supermarket, we go to the supermarket quite often simply because we like to try and cook new meals, especially Spanish food. Um, but we sometimes have to put on a disguise. Gemma's wearing her hat and a jumper. One day I'm wearing my hair in a different hairstyle. Or one day I've got my ponytail. <laughs> I'll shave in different types of beard styles just so the police don't stop us. <laughs> I, I mean, I, when you guys first moved there, I really enjoyed following your post on Instagram. The coastline yeah. is gorgeous. I, I get what you're trying to convey. Like, sometimes it's not even something you can put to words. The feeling you get, the the immense, like, I guess, could be gratitude for one being there. But I guess also just the this feeling of, like, wholeness, of you're in this place where you can really feel grounded, I guess. and But also feel like you have all the opportunity in the world but right now you guys just said you're in lockdown so how have you been managing other than what you've already shared I know you guys been working on cocktails like Philippe you got the chicken pox um so it's been intense and obviously we're praying for the people of Spain especially your friends and students but what's it been like being in a new country during these times versus what you think you'd experience I mean I'm gonna instantly start with uh with a funny thing I told my mum. Uh, my mum sometimes has very uh, severe anxiety. So when I told her that I wasn't feeling well on a Thursday night, I had this, a horrible fever. I had uh, you know, shivers. I had muscle aches and everything. And she was like, oh my God, you've got coronavirus. And then the day later that I told her I managed to catch chickenpox during a coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> I've never heard my mum so relieved. She was like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness it's only chickenpox. <laughs> But um, I think the lockdown really has made it quite difficult because we came out here for this space and this freedom yeah. and it sadly has been taken away. Um, but the lovely thing here, and I guess that they're doing it pretty much nearly all over the world, is that at eight o'clock every day here, 
everyone comes out onto their balcony and we're all applauding, we're all waving to each other. And that sense of community is so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It's it's given us a lot of time to think about our family and we do miss them a lot, probably more so than what we did before. Mm, but they probably um, hate us when we send them photos of our views of the sun and the cocktails that we make. Yeah. Um, but what's nice is obviously with technology, we can still FaceTime and talk to people online. Um, and I, it's almost like... I used to miss my friends when they'd all meet meet up together but yeah. at least now we're all having to meet up virtually so I almost feel like I'm not as left out because of course. they're all virtually online as well um but we do miss everyone a lot miss orange theory that's what and we, we miss. miss orange theory <laughs> <laughs> have you been doing the videos we tried online one, uh, but also internet coverage here has been a bit up and down um so I think also the difficulty that we just it it's not the same. We miss Vero. We miss Tom. We need to be told. We need to be told what to do. And uh... I miss my sister from another Mister. <laughs> I get you. I completely understand. I miss going to white mummies. <laughs> ah, that as well. However, we're here. We love yeah. it here. That's yeah. the thing. I... White mummies cookbook. Well, don't worry. I'm also missing Wagamamas. They're not delivering right now. So there we're we all missing we're Wagamamas the, together. The Christmas present that I requested from my family was the Wagamamas cookbook. So. <laughs> If you ever find yourself in Marbella, I will pick you a ramen, don't worry. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Philippe and Gemma, you both shared that travel has been a huge part of your lives. And Philippe, you can remember back to your first trips to, I'm going to butcher this, so please correct me, Marish-ish. It sounded beautiful, actually. It sounded a lot more exotic than it actually sounds. Oh, Delicious. look at me adding some <laughs> extra to the names. Um, <laughs> but you went to this location as a child with your family and you even got to plant a Christmas tree on the bleak. Yeah, on the beach. My, my dad is from Mauritius and uh, he took us there many, many times as kids. And uh, yeah, we went at Christmas, which was the most bizarre feeling. And uh, we planted <laughs> a Christmas tree on the beach. It was everyone did look at us confused. And we just rolled with it. They're like, what are you doing? (laughs) You just rolled with it. (laughs) And Gemma, you remember back to your first trip to Turkey at about the same age? Yes, uh, not quite as exotic as Mauritius. But again, just the whole experience of going somewhere completely different to England uh, was very exciting. One of my first memories, actually. I think traveling um, as a child, and Krista knows that I always say this about my daughter as well, I want to give her more experiences over things. So we're always planning our our next trip. And she was actually uh, two when we went abroad with her for the first time. And we went to England and spent some time in uh, Southampton as well in the countryside. So it was, it was pretty cool. And she enjoyed it uh, a lot. But um, travel has been a big part of both of your lives, including until into uh, young adulthood. So Gemma, you studied abroad in Australia, but Philippe, this is your first time living abroad, correct? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one, actually. This is my first time living abroad, but um, obviously my father was born in Mauritius and my mother was born in the Czech Republic and they both left their home countries. They both traveled uh, to various cities and countries. And, you know, I think it is kind of inbuilt in my family's DNA that, we travel and I kind of feel that Marbella isn't where Gemma and I are gonna stop I think there is so much more to see in the world um but yeah I I think it is such a such an important thing for an individual to travel absolutely do you think your family's love for travel and in your own personal experiences 
made it easier for you for you to to make the jump uh yes definitely for me um my mum traveled a lot as a child she lived in Africa for a few years when she was seven years old um so there's always been that um positivity around traveling and that excitement we'd always go somewhere new every year um and as soon as I was old enough I did Camp America my mum and dad were so supportive even though I had to have my 19th birthday out there um but yeah they've just uh I think they've wanted me to experience the world um, in the hope that one day I would come back <laughs> and settle down with them. <laughs> mm. I mean, my father. What is no, this? I was going to say that my Go father, ahead. with his traveling, you know, even flying for a half an hour flight or whatnot, would spend about three hours getting ready because it wasn't just the idea <laughs> of going to a new country. It was the whole process. It was that I am going to travel somewhere. And he would put the suit on, he'd do his hair, he'd even comb his moustache. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> but I think that's what's been, you know, kind of given to me and my brothers as well, is that we love being on planes, we love going to new countries, and we love experiencing new cultures, much like Gemma said. Yeah. What is this Camp America um, that you keep so mentioning, did, Gemma? Um, it's a, a summer camp for children. So I did it in California. It was called... Uh, Pali Overnight Adventures. So I was a lifeguard there for nine weeks of the summer, uh, working with children from the age of five to 16. Um, My first time being so far away from home. Uh, But it was brilliant. I met lots of new friends there, uh, earned money, and then we all went traveling around California and the west coast of America, really. Went to Vegas. Um, So that was kind of my first proper experience of really going to different places with a backpack. So I've never been to Marbella and I want to go back to um, that comment where Philippe says he's going to make me ramen when I show up, but um, (laughs) it's great. I love both of those ideas. I think it'll be amazing. We'll sit on the patio. (laughs) I'll eat some ramen and get drunk. But um, Marbella is definitely somewhere I want to visit. I've been to Spain, but I haven't been to Marbella. So what has been your favorite part of Marbella pre lockdown what tips do you have for someone um, who wants to come me, visit my favorite part again is the beach it's such a long stretch it just goes on for miles and miles so you can just walk and walk and walk the sunsets are absolutely beautiful so if you walk from Marbella to Porto Benus for example you just have the sea and the sunset ahead of you and you're just walking and walking and watching the whole sunset go down um, and there's so many beautiful surrounding areas as well Further down from Porto Benus is San Pedro. You can hire bicycles for about, what, 12 euros? Mm. And you can just cycle all the way down on the promenade. Um, so I would definitely recommend getting bicycles and just cycling all the way down. I think, I mean, in my, I mean, I completely agree with Gemma. Like, she's pretty much taken the words out of my mouth. So now me trying to think of something is <laughs> a bit difficult. However, um, there are, for me, there are two things to add to that. One, there is, there's one location that we fell in love with on the beach and we really, really miss it. It's a place called Victor's Beach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, if you ever get a chance to come to Marbella, you must visit Victor's Beach because it is simply a really small little beach bar, literally on the beach with bean bags, and you can just see us into the ocean. And the reason why that bar is incredible is because at certain times when the sun goes down, even though you can see hints of Africa, anywhere on the coastline at the sundown. When you're sitting on the beach with a beer in your hand on a beanbag at Victor's and you can see it, it, time just stops. You are so amazed that you can see Africa. 
And Gibraltar. And Gibraltar. Yeah. And the amount of times that I say to Jeremy, like, ah, that's Africa. My dad lives <laughs> at the other end. That's where Mauritius is. It's amazing. Yeah, um, and lots of local people go there as well. So it's not like your typical Marbella sort of lots of young people partying. It's just a very chilled... Don't get me wrong. Puerto Benice is amazing for what yeah. it has to offer. But I don't think Marbella is Puerto Benice. Marbella is the magic behind the whole Spanish feeling of being on the beach and having all these uh, chiringuitos, which is uh, the name of a Spanish uh, typical restaurant where they have the pil-pil prawns, which are delicious, and they have the uh, the padron peppers. It's just <laughs> the food out here. And uh, Sorry, I'm getting really <laughs> upset that I can't actually go out No, now. please keep going. <laughs> I'm like picturing myself there. Yeah, We're yeah, foodies. I'm picturing it all. <laughs> um, so emotional. Great tapas out here as well. I think in the old town, there's mm. some really old places that have been running since, what, the 60s, 70s, mm. probably before. There's a lot of history and they, here. Yeah, they just have the most amazing tapas. And I think the, the, uh, the biggest tip is just don't stick with one place. Yeah. Explore yeah. and just visit everywhere because everywhere's got its own little magic story. Yeah. It's a lot more Spanish than what people think. I think people think, oh, Marbella, that's sometimes people, that's the place people go for partying. But it definitely has a lot more culture and mm. history than what we expected. Because we actually moved over without having actually been to Marbella. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, we should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, it's particularly close to Gibraltar. You brought that up and a couple other popular locations in Spain. Have you had a chance to visit any of those locations we, before uh, the we lockdown, or are those on your Gibraltar, list? And we, uh, we really went to see the monkeys yeah. in Gibraltar, actually. <laughs> but um, we had plans to, because in, well, from December onwards, it got a bit colder and a little bit rainier. And then over this Easter period, it's been quite rainy. But luckily, the quarantine meant that we aren't wasting our time by going there um, with such bad weather. But we have got plans to visit Gibraltar and Tarifa, which is... Uh, a beautiful, incredible coastline where they have some beach parties and live music and a place called Conil. Uh, with Gemma's birthday coming up as well, we're uh, planning to go there and have a nice, massive beach party. Yeah, so. um, again, our Spanish friends, like, we must go to Tarifa. Apparently, it's just got absolutely beautiful white sand beaches. Kite surfing, Kite surfing. everything. Um, we've been to Granada. Granada is beautiful. Yeah. We've been there twice. Malaga. Um, even in December, actually, Granada, it was like, 19 20 degrees mm. so um yeah we've been to a few times yeah so i love Granada. incredible because every every bar you go to they give you free tapas yes so that's a nice little tip for anyone every drink like anyone who wants veronica is gonna get along so well with you guys because she loves food oh as much goodness. as us so i feel like this is gonna be yeah. like a I, drinking and eating tour and i'm so excited and let me <laughs> Oh, thank you for the invite, because I was definitely going to invite myself. I can make the ramens, and Spain and Marbella will provide the sun and sea. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I am excited. I am definitely um, switching and having Marbella very top of my list. As as, As soon as the travel restrictions are lifted, I've already told my job. I'm like, I hope that you know that I'm probably going to be taking the entire month of July and August. Veronica, off. I'm going to tell my um, job that so... I'm going to quit working at the school and I'm going to start working for a travel agency to get people to Marbella. Yes. 
Absolutely. Listen, we can <laughs> definitely plan a group trip. I would love to put that together. And I'm sure some of my clients would too. <laughs> um, so guys, as you look back on the time that you've been in Spain thus far, would you say that you're grateful for how your living abroad experience has turned out? Yes, absolutely. I think um, spending seven years in London, I was very grateful for all the opportunities that I had there. But again, I just always thought where am I the happiest and being by the sea has always been a dream and so most days after work I'll walk home and I'll always go by the beach or I'll try and go for a run along the sea and just seeing the sea I'm always so grateful to to be able to see that and it, it puts things in perspective for me I think there's something about the sea that just makes me think small worries that I have they just kind of disappear when I, I look out to see, I think there's a big wide world out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I mean, I, uh, I practiced, oh, I trained as an art teacher, but my first degree was an art degree at university. And when it comes to photography and painting, I've been mesmerized by sunsets ever since I was a kid in Mauritius, seeing them. And coming to Marbella, I'm so grateful that there is this open space, this freedom, this sense of relaxation that you can just, not worry about time you can just enjoy every single moment um it's been amazing so far yeah the uh yeah. the sense of where we live the sense of community uh, especially with this quarantine situation but the food the music the culture the way of life the sun the sea it's we wouldn't have done this if we didn't travel and the fact that we've traveled we are able to explore something new and i think that's the whole point right Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I, as, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. I mean, we became friends because I think the amount of positivity and sunshine you bring into everyone's lives. I think this episode has been really amazing. Um, and, and we appreciate you, you jumping on with us today. I think for us, you, you shared just a taste of Marbella. I'm sure we'll have yeah. another conversation with you guys at a later date, probably yeah. after Consider you this, get out like, of lockdown. This is um, just one little portrait. Yes, I love that. Yeah, it is. It's a tapas. That's what we're going to name the episode. The tapas. Yeah, I knew it would be Philippe. I knew yep. it would be Yep, it's the magic tapas. <laughs> but as with each episode, we'll be sure to post Philippe and Gemma's tips for visiting Marbella on the website. Um, they mentioned a couple different locations, so we'll put links um, for you guys to check those out so that when this lockdown lifts, you too can take the opportunity to experience the sunset on a beanbag in Marbella. Um, but, you know, oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank this you. was great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Gemma and Philippe really painted a picture for us. So I am going to spend the rest of my morning in the States um, looking up Marbella <laughs> and all of the different locations. <laughs> I'll message you and, and see what are some of the top things that I need to prioritize. But um, I keep coming back to this concept of gratitude, which is how we opened our episode and Krista knows this about me and I've made this a practice in my life for probably the last decade of really being centered in what my blessings are and what it is that I've been able to experience in life and recognizing that not everyone has been able to be fortunate enough to experience the things that I have and I haven't even been fortunate enough to experience some of the things that you know our other friends around the world have but I have a moment of pause where I'm able to really think about 
what am I doing? What is my what is my purpose right on this earth? And, and how can I be more aligned with that? And how do I continue to spread the message and the spirit of gratitude? I think that when Krista and I were colleagues together, it was something that we were able to realize and experience and make a practice in our lives when we were out of that day-to-day grind of, you know, working with students and getting on each other's nerves and <laughs> just that, you know, mid-adulthood of figuring ourselves out and who are we individually, but we always have come back to the the gratitude that we even have with our friendship and the journey that we've taken together. And so I want us to think about, and the listeners, I want you all to think about what are some things that you can center in that you can be grateful for? And I love what Krista talked about, the 28-day challenges, being able to write those things down because it's it's very different to think about the things that you're grateful for. But when you see it written down on a sheet of paper and you're able to go back and reflect on that, there's something powerful that happens. And you go from a place of gratefulness and, and showing gratitude to that next stage of manifesting it. And so um, that's a whole nother episode. I can go on and on about manifestation I because I think that yep. is something I'm truly, truly <laughs> passionate about. Um, absolutely. I think that there's power in, in just pause and reflection in um, making that a practice. So I encourage you all to definitely take that from this episode, write down two to three things that you are grateful for today and share it with another friend and encourage them to do the same completely agree it might just change your day for the better so thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time thanks for listening for more information about our guest speakers their favorite locations or the nourish your drive project please visit nourishyourdrive.com if you enjoyed today's episode Please share with your network and don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening. And please be sure to let us know what you think by leaving us a review. If you have any questions for our guests or requests for specific locations, please drop us a note at nourishyourdrive at gmail.com. Until next time, continue to explore experiences beyond the destination.